Gaming on the Frontier. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast where everything hits the fan, you do your best, and it's not enough, and you got to pick up the pieces. I'll go get the wet wipes. Oh, heavens, what shall we do, dog? <laughs> I, can't, I can't do the, uh, the, 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 the whatever, the scaredy dog. Uh, <laughs> oh, courage? Yeah. Courage, 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 courage the, dog. the scaredy dog, you know, and, and oh. the woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eustace. Yeah. All Eustace. right. Oh, yep. Eustace. Talk, talk, about, talk about somebody who is living in a world of her own uh, own imagination. Doesn't mm-hmm. <laughs> see any of the terrible things that Courage just faces every single day. All righty then. Welcome, folks, to Gaming on the Frontier. Tonight, we are going to do Post-Apocalyptic Bureau 13. Now, when I hear that, I'm thinking... Okay, and you know I use the term Omega level event, where where you got to get the top bureau agents, and often they're the ones with the advanced tech and maybe superpowers and high level artifacts, and they basically have to out themselves in order to stop whatever it is that's going on. It could be alien invasion, supernatural invasion, extremely high tech gone awry, and even though they out themselves, Earth still pays the price. And society as we know it is shattered. Yeah, um, with the Bureau in a world post-event, and again, air quotes and fill in the blank on what it is that ended society as we knew it, I would think that, yeah, they're going to still use their resources, all of them. It's just, it's going to be an ethical case-by-case Because the Bureau is still going to be, yeah, they're going to have their communications where, oh, yeah, there's a little enclave of people in Tucson, Arizona, and there's a little enclave of people over here up in Augusta, Maine. And they're going to be contacting going, okay, yeah, we need that that one curative that we found on that, you know, that, that United gave us. Oh, wait a minute. We need it, too. We got the same disease. So, yeah, they're going to be talking about things like that, and they're going to have to, they're going to be meeting out those resources very piecemeal. They're going to be doing it because they don't want to attract attention themselves. So they're going to be any any of the really juicy stuff that they have, they're going to be doing it just bit by bit. Right. Because the Bureau will not want to expose themselves even now. Because after everything they've been through, Oh, what do you mean? A secret government agency that could have stopped all this? Yeah, they're gonna there there will be a witch hunt and it will be horrible if the bureau Oh yeah, we had all this pot. Well, why are we now surviving day to day when you could have saved us if you have all this stuff? Yeah, the bureau's not gonna you know, yeah. Yeah, they're gonna still maintain their standard procedure of we don't exist. No, no, we don't exist. No bureau. What are you talking about? What bureau? What this is this is not the government agency you were looking for. Move along, as I do. This is Jedi not the remnant record. of the United States government you think it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which actually makes me wonder: Would the bureau 
try to recreate the American government. That is like its number one oh, priority. See, that's the thing. Is maintain again, continuity of the United States government. Again, they would realize America's gone. We're just doing this because, and the Bureau, basically, with the power they have, they're acting out of, the, again, the cascading set of rules and out of the kindness of their heart. They're going to be like, okay, these people that I'm around, they need our help. We've been trained to help them. I don't think that they're going to sit there because, again, that's the Bureau in their own way, whether it's beneficial or dictatorial, I guess would be the term. They still have been trained to operate behind the scenes. They're not just going to come out because, again, it's like, wait a minute, you have all this resources, excuse me, ooh, all this technology and you let this happen. It would be not in their best behavior to come out and do the strong hand type they're going to act behind the scenes. That's what I see. I, I would I would actually see it that they would try and slowly, you know, manipulate uh, the stable settlements of, of, of remaining humanity and try and lead them towards re-founding America <laughs> in the old style. I actually would see that. It would be very no, I totally agree shadow- with you. A shadow yeah. behind the, you know, behind the throne kind of thing. Yeah, no, I, I see that. You get a group, like say, you get a group somewhere, a, a set of communities somewhere where the bombs or whatever, you know, or have have recovered enough that they actually can form a, a kind of a regional group, and then you you broker it. You just come in there and say, have you guys ever thought about maybe, you know, restarting the United States again? You know, this oh. Constitution was. Awfully good. We were, you know, we were the jewel of the world because we were, it was a true democracy. Isn't it time to start that over again? You know, and, uh, you know, and, and may, you know, we might need to add, uh, might want to add a couple extra, uh, you know, uh, bill, you know, uh, rights to the Bill of Rights, you know, to uh, about things like, you know, alternate species, you know, <laughs> you have to rewrite some of them saying, is it, you know, no other, you know, uh, uh, un- so you can't be uh, uh, you can't be discriminated against for gender or species. Yeah, or, you, you know. can't. You get rid of the humanistic language, <laughs> yeah. and I'm reminded oh. of uh, Star Trek Six, was it, where inalienable human rights? Oh, so it's a humans only club and check yeah. off. They're like, I, I, that's not what I meant. I, I, yeah, no, yeah, well, there, there would be some definite. Again, we're not okay. 99% of ideas we're not going to poo-poo because there are people out there going to want to run that. Yeah, you're going to you're going to have to do the work. Why should we get in your Yeah, way? yeah. I mean, we <laughs> We want to hear how it went. Oh, we yeah. Don't we, we may plant that seed. It's up to you to water, fertilize and give the light and care that it needs to for it to blossom. Right. And so, yeah, and then you come back to us and say, yeah, remember that one idea you said on that episode you you recorded back in mid-May 2022? Yeah, it went great. It was a four-year campaign. And we're just like, I would That would be welcome. so awesome. I would <laughs> and be, be so again, awesome. you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I, want, I want to hear that, yeah. Uh, yeah, but that, and, and then, of course, it, you know, once, if that does happen, then, you know, the agents might start whispering in the, in the ears of certain people saying, you know, I heard there's a place where, the United States is actually like you know the with laws about rights and 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 inalienable rights and 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 blacks and women being treated equal to men and other things like that. You know, there's a place that exists and it's over that way. 
you might want to consider going there, considering the fact they're over here, they're basically treating you as, you know, doing the handmaid's tale. <laughs> so... Yeah, and they yeah. even they even respect ghoul rights. Ghoul rights, yes. Well, you know, in Fallout Four, the ghouls have been around for like a couple of centuries. You know, they were oh. most of them were formed during the the bombing. Oh, I've the radiation. already I've already been plotting. If, oh, so if I was still doing firm ghouls, yeah. got it. Yeah. If if right. I was still doing uh, modding, I was going to make a uh, Fallout Four mod set in probably <laughs> Atlanta, where you have. A, a, a resurgence of the antebellum South, only instead of it being African uh, slaves, it's ghoul slaves. Right. Because they're Whoa. they're the they're the reasons that uh, the world went down. They were the ones that alive back then. They're yeah. the reasons we, the world's gone to hell. Well, you know, ghoul rights are really just elder rights. Yeah. <laughs> you know that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Because you know, when people get older, people t- you tend to devalue them. You know, just slap a slap a wrinkly face on them. You can't get more wrinkly than a ghoul. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not a big stretch to just say the whole thing in Fallout Four. You know, you could draw the straight from you know elder care and 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 their rights and and their struggles. So what yeah. Bruce and I were just saying, we're not getting older. We're just becoming ghouls. That's what we're, we're doing. We're ghoulifying, now. yes. Yeah, yes, we're ghoulifying. That, that, that's Slowly ghoulifying. Pl- that's not a pleasant thought, sir. Just, no, we're going to, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, you know, I mean, in Fallout New Vegas, the, you know, some of them are pretty hot stuff. You know, in Fallout 4, you got that guy uh, in charge of Good Neighbor, and he's considered quite the ladies' man. Yeah, hit yeah. Hancock. And, and those of you who get my reference hit the button start the marvin Gaye music yeah, yeah. um well, yeah. he is no, one of the no, romance the old, options the old, the old snl the, yeah the ladies man yeah yeah um but yeah as far as the um bureau taking over your mileage may vary if you want to do that and say okay the bureau is going to clamp down and say okay we have the resource you know the, the ghostbusters like, we got the tools we got the talent you know right yeah, they're gonna. If you want to do that, that I just don't me with my and and I can say that well, the thing here. is, I don't think they would do it by force by any stretch of the imagination. I think it would be a long term goal where it was purely about influencing people. It oh no, be, no, I we we know and Bruce, you know full well who would be doing it by force. It wouldn't be so much Bureau Thirteen. It would be Shadowworks agents in the bureau. They would do it by force. They'd be just well, like, you've okay, totally we're... forgotten about uh, Matthias Bolt. And yeah, I was just thinking about that. Oh, yeah. Bolt is going to be out there. Oh, no. He will be all over this. Like, and it's the. Oh, see, see no, matter, no matter what actual event caused the apocalypse, if Bolt survives, you're going to have demon infestation. Yeah. Okay, I, I can. Okay, they, I think I can say this, and it's not going to be. It's not going to say any type of ism bolt post event would be all over that. Like the color white on rice, just, he would be like, Oh, wait a minute. Society has collapsed. And remember folks, if, if, if you read, or you know, Matthias bolt, his main guys is that of a, Oh, I'm a philanthropist. I come up with hospitals and orphanages to take care of people who are less fortunate than ourselves. And I'll come mm-hmm. in and I will help these people. And yeah, the demons will be there in the background going, yeah. Mr. Bolt, just give me one soul, please. I will not pester you. If you just give me the soul, I beseech you, the soul of that child over there. What no, me, no, what this yeah. makes me think of is Randall Flagg from The Stand. Uh huh. He's going to have a nice, friendly face. 
he's going to be saying, I'm here to help you survivors. Come, well, if there was, if come there was over ever here. a time I needed for on the podcast, now would be it because <laughs> she's the Stephen King fan. I'm not. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, Randall, and, Randall Flagg is, is, a, is a terrible, terrible person who seeks people who have weak souls, you know, and he basically exploits their character flaws into becoming, you know, his 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 die willing to die loyal followers, and then he sacrifices them, you know, to his game his ends. He do, never does it like capriciously, you know. It's always to his ends. Okay, I know that there was the old stand movie miniseries way back in the day. Yeah, that's it. And there and there was another one I think with Matt Frewer, Max Headroom. He was in that one. In and um. Laura Sangiacomo from Just yes. Shoot Me. Same one. It's the same okay. miniseries. Okay, yeah. okay. I thought that there was another miniseries. They did do another one, but like... it didn't have them in it, I don't believe. No. Okay, so... It didn't do as well. Me, it wasn't as popular. Let me guess. Matt Frewer played this Randall Flagg? Oh, no. Oh, no. He did not. Matt Frewer played the crazy Burning Man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, he was a total loony. No, the guy okay. who played Randall Flagg, you probably wouldn't recognize... Uh, I mean, at the time, I didn't know who he was, but he was brilliant. Who? The guy who played Randall Flagg, the bad guy. You know, the, okay, bad. He all was right. brilliant, but I had no idea who the actor was oh. at the time. He just had that that wonderful '90s Fabio hair. Yes, he, he That's beautiful. What I hair. remember. Yeah, but the point was, is that he 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 had a he had a silver tongue. And you know, it, oh it was, crap! There was a 2020 version that with Whoopi Goldberg and Alexander Skarsgård. Okay, we want the '94. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and the thing, and even and, and in the book, they even said that you know, you know, he was the guy that gave the weapons to you know the uh, oh Sibylese, uh Liberation Army. You know, uh, Jamie Sheridan. Oh no, I've heard he could. Okay, yeah. Okay, I mean, he he was always the the. You know, he was basically a Meller. He was like, he was the, the the shadow puppet, you know, puppeteer behind all the terrible tragedies in human history. You know, wherever, oh, okay. you know, and, and he, he, you know, and this was like one of the few times that he was actually like being open about I'm in charge, you know, instead of picking somebody to be, to be his, uh, his, you know, puppet. He's really, really doing it, which is why yeah. it was kind of an end times, you know, uh, good versus evil situation. Yeah. See, I remember Jamie Sh uh, Sheridan from Shannon's deal back in 1991. Okay. He was in the stand. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. You know what? I'm just keeping IMDB up because I'm going to be looking these people up. <laughs> get context. Yeah. I, I have the app Let, on my phone. Just, yeah. yeah. I don't have room on my damn phone for another right. app. I'm at 98% now. You know, and, um, and yeah. And you know that there's a lot of the characters, the weird characters that are in Bureau 13 lore are probably going to survive it, okay? Like, um, oh, I can't remember his name now. Uh, the weird, the, uh, the, uh, the guy that always comes up with a new uh, conspiracy of the week. Zorch the Prophet. Zorch the yeah. Prophet. Oh, he knows yeah. will be the out there. there. Yes, he oh, he's there. Oh, jeez, yeah. I've even run him into my Bureau 13 adventures, and nobody figured out it was him. There was always, he, like, th weird things happening in the background of the, of the adventures, and they would say, no, this is not the adventure where, you know, we're going to leave that guy alone. We'll come back later. And they'd forget about him. And they have the, Okay. Oh, God. The, uh, 
nothing against your players, Bruce, but they don't know Bureau history if they're not. No, they don't. Zorch, they don't Zorch was Bureau. back in 92 edition. I know they don't know Bureau history. I <sighs> don't. But it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. the point is, is, you know, I mean, characters like that, all those characters that show. Oh, no, you know that they would pop up afterwards. They would find a way to find some hidey hole and come out and go, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Oh, wow. Society's gone. Oh, I might have some plans here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Swamp Chuck from the Bayous. He's a carcist, which means he summons demons. Demon summoner. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, like you know, he's also going to be into, you know, uh, you know, the, the, uh, Old school zombification, you know, with oh, the, he's just the, got the his, hoodoo and the voodoo. Oh, he's got his own little feasting down there, yeah. Oh, no. I got another one that would be out because of voodoo. I put him into Bureau 13D20. Rafael Ortiz, the Miami crime lord who has a hoongan, Haitian voodoo. You know, they would be all up in that. Yeah, okay, yeah. Because they can it. go into radiation zones and stuff, you know. Yeah. Have to, oh, they're not, oh, they're oh, already no. dead. They're not going to get worse. Yeah, radiation ain't going to bother a zombie. <laughs> it's just you don't want that zombie touching you because they're going to be irradiated. So you either die from the zombie curse or from radiation poisoning. Either way, I'm sure, is not a good way to go. But, yeah, Rafael Ortiz, the, the Miami... Okay, context. Miami crime lord had a pair of rings, turned him into basically a humanoid jaguar ocelot, I forget, and his his right hand man was a Haitian Hoongan, which is a, a witch doctor. So Rafael Ortiz not only had the speed and strength of a jungle cat, but a drug lord's resources, fill in the blank, and then Haitian voodoo. And so yeah, oh no, he he would pop up easily. I mean, in my campaign they killed him off, but you know, I put him in Bureau 13 D20. Oh no, he'd be all over this. Like Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Florida, he would own either just through force of firearms, pure <clears throat> animal magnetism. Yeah, I went there. And then the Hoongan. Oh, no, he'd be all over that. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm and, actually going and, through. And, and, and without all those humans, by the way, without all those humans and such, you know, the, the supernatural that is natural that's out there, they would have a resurgence because they, they wouldn't have people killing them off like they had been. They could actually, you know, develop into large populations again. You could actually now have herds of unicorns, or Bigfoot could be, uh, you know, have its own little mini nation. Uh, Depending on the, the, the apocalypse, yeah. You know, all the cryptology type creatures could have a huge resurgence. Well, yeah, uh, because they don't have human. Okay, it's like how <laughs> we humans are with environment. Okay, again. Okay, Trav, bring this down, Reader's Digest version. Went to a nature center. They had a category called urban animals. Animals who have had to adapt to urban environments. Seagulls, raccoons, um, skunks, you know, because they're digging around in trash now because we humans are building more and more urban environments. And so they've had to learn to adapt. Cue the raccoon scene from the great outdoors, folks. It's an old John Candy movie. And so, yeah, you would have all of these creatures that, oh, we're getting restricted more and more because, you know, humans are encroaching with their technology and urbanization. Oh, look, their cities are gone. We can come back. And so, yeah, all of those creatures that were cryptids that were, oh, no, the Jersey Devil. Oh, no, the Jersey Devil would be back there on the East Coast with a vengeance. Like, oh, look, all your cities are gone. Yeah, I'm back, people. You know, just, yeah, they would be. 
and cryptids would popped up in every state. One of the good things about being into Bureau 13 and all three of us here on this podcast, I know have done it. We have researched the cryptids of the state we're in. I've researched Georgia cryptids because the Mayswell campaign is in Calhoun, Georgia. Jonathan, I know full well that you probably have at least a decent passing knowledge of cryptids in the state of Alabama. Well, we talked, I think, and when we a previous episode, we talked about White Fang. Yeah. Dang. See, White, see, White Fang, I hear, and it's soupy sales and, oh, that, oh, that, you know. And you have to Michigan, you have to throw yeah. that thing, but with that thang, thang, it's it's, yep. it's a thang. Yep, yep, yep. And of course, Michigan. Oh no, Michigan has its own cryptids. Everything from the Zogalian monster, which John has referred to in previous episodes, to the dogmat of Michigan, the Nain Rouge. Oh no, cryptids would be coming back. And I think I could say this because they've been pushed back by industrialization and and encroachment for centuries with a vengeance. That would be one of the things that the Bureau would come back with going, what do you mean the Nain Rouge is back? What's left of Team Candlestick has to go back and, and, and knock this guy down a few pegs? Yeah, that's what they'd be doing. I think that's one of the things that the Bureau would first come up with as things come out. Go, what do you mean? What? And, and a blanket? Oh, crap. And I've done the Georgia research because of Calhoun. There is a river that runs north to south in western Georgia, and there's some type of like river serpent again i did this research months ago and i never i never put it in the campaign but it was there and yeah it's whatever camp whatever bureau team is in georgia would have to deal with what do you mean there's this river serpent in like the okeechobee river or whatever i forget the name of the river but i remember seeing it because i was doing it early maze world research for this particular arc that i'm wrapping up there was a river serpent in some north south running western georgia river that runs to like just west of Calhoun. Yeah. Oh no. Cryptids. That would be the one of their big things because the cryptids would have free reign now because usually in a post-apocalyptic setting, a good chunk of humanity is taken out, fill in the fraction of humanity that gets wiped out, but there's a lot less than there were before. So the cryptids would feel a lot more comfortable. They've got living room again, or as they said in Germany, Lebensraum. Yeah, I think that the cryptids coming out would be a thing that post-apocalyptic Bureau 13 would have to deal with. Besides all the other monsters that, oh, it's safer to come out because, oh, nuclear winter vampires come out or zombies come out because of this. Each state would have to deal with cryptids. And there are cryptids, do your research, folks, there are cryptids in every state, and I'm going to say this, and Fur gives me crap for it, in the Union. Every fifth all 50 states have their own mythical creatures. You name a state, there's probably at least three cryptids in every state. Right. And and if they don't have that, they have haunted houses or haunted places of yeah. one kind or another. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. Again, Michigan has the old Eloise Asylum. There's ghost hunting tours that are like $200 a ticket. Oh, yeah. After, after the event, oh, no. Eloise would be just... Well, okay, magically it would be on fire. E L O I S E. Look JFGI, folks. Just frelling Google it. You'll you'll find out a lot of creepy stuff went down at Eloise in the past couple hundred years. Um, yeah, oh no, haunted houses and everything, they would spike. 
especially if the cause of the event was supernatural in nature. I mean, I know we're getting a little rifts here, but yeah, I mean, you could throw that into your Bureau 13 campaign and just say, yeah, due to all the deaths, supernatural have arise due to, you know, life forces and souls. And yeah, just. Yeah. Now, if it's a case where the supernatural, you know, it was contained in the house, you know, and it was maintained by the house, then knocking the house down is going to destroy it. That's one reason why I, I, I hesitate doing a lot of haunted houses because, my, you know, uh, my players, their, their first thought when they think, haunted house, let's blow the house up. That'll so basically your gaming group, their, their motto, excuse me, your gaming group, their motto is kill it with fire? Well, you know, in the case of in the case of ghosts, because they know that you know they're linked a lot, to a site, yeah, yeah, they're linked to a site. So you get rid of the site, and it solves the problem. Of course, I did run the one where it was actually the next door neighbor's house, and they were bleeding out from that house over to the house where the the, the things was happening because nobody was in the neighbor's house where it was going on, and so they were like you know making friends with the you know the 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 single mom's <laughs> daughter and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why I adore this man, folks, because he's sneaky like that. Just, yeah. 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 Uh. <laughs> so they're like, let's blow up this lady's house. And I'm like, well, if you really insist. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. And and I know all three is it, all three of this. Yeah. I'll be editing that part out. All three of us have done the and 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 my buddy Z has done the where you lower your glasses and you look to your players and you say, "Are you sure?" <laughs> as the final warning, as you don't want to do this, but I'm giving you your last effort before you do this, and you have to suffer the consequences. Where you lower the glasses and go, "Are you sure?" That yeah. would be that instance. Oh, you want to blow up this person's house and that'll end the ghost. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> My players are always like, there must be something hidden in this house that, he, <laughs> that, that if we blow up the house, we're not going to be able to find. And then it's going to be twice as hard to finish this mission. So we better uh, not blow up the house. So, yeah, that's how they usually go with uh, me. Okay. Because it's usually true. <laughs> Again, for a reason, guys. Maybe you should figure that out first before you blow up the house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. Um, right. And of course, you know, you you got you can have more fun with they say if it's an alien invasion, then you know, it's it's just like fighting the supernatural, except they're aliens. Yeah. You're not having to deal with magic, you're just having to deal with tech and maybe some psi. Yeah. Yeah, right. Which is still the same stuff that Bureau of Ages have to deal with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got the augmented man. You got the uh, happiness plot uh, where the uh, alien um, uh, Petunia was controlling the entire town. Spoilers, guys. <laughs> that that was in, in um, uh, Haunts. Yeah, that was in Haunts. Anyways, either that or um, Hell's Night, because those are the two supplements that Richard put out. Okay, one the, yeah. One of the two. Anyways, uh, but, uh, and yeah, the whole thing that um, the, that was the basis for uh, Hell's Night was essentially a, a, a latent telepath, so, or a latent psionicist. And then, you know, I, I certainly, you know, uh, you know, touched on that territory uh, with Outpost Games, those three supplements they put out. Ah. Lots of stuff there. So I'm just saying is that, you know, um, uh, Bureau 13, and it's and by the way, all the stuff that's produced by Outpost Games is considered canon. Yes, 
Yes. So, yeah. you know, it's uh, and it's as far as I know, uh, um, it's still being sold on the TriTac site. I oh, no. Fol- yeah. Folks, I haven't I, called I, her up and I haven't called up uh, Melody and said, Melody, you can't sell that stuff anymore. Oh, no, 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 no. It just. But, yeah, I have those. It, it, it was after. OK, at I believe it was that continuum where you and I last saw each other, Bruce. They're giving out bags of stuff and it had one each of your three. Right. supplements there so i have them they're just i i do like the the one power armor that you had there that was that was kind of cool yeah um, yeah well there's yeah. actually two versions of it oh ah, okay yeah yeah the, the the uh uh there was the mark one and the mark two <laughs> yeah well no people and, and, well, yeah, I, i've told people about you over the years and just you know how i know you and how long i've known you and like, wait a minute he did try tech stuff too yeah i'll post game i told you this yeah yeah, that's yeah. He put out three supplements. He's still, you know, he had and, a and character, character gener- generator. Every yeah. single uh, RPG that uh, that Tritech produced in the eighties. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, no, no, no. Bruce was up to his neck in this stuff. Yeah, just he he had a lot of stuff going there. And, okay, uh, well, I'm, I'm, my arm's getting sore, patting myself on the back. Here, yeah, so. yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to be a friend here, and you know, you are, and and yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I love yeah, I love getting yeah. those kudos. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, I, I I spent. A ton of, t- I mean, nobody who has never done such a thing understands how many hours goes into writing. Those oh programs. no, no, no! It, it's like there are a few people that under me running four campaigns. They understand just how much prep I have to do. So imagine that you're doing this to get it published. How much more goes into it? Yeah, yeah just yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um. Oh God. Let's see. What else would we have to deal with with Bureau Thirteen after the event that we already have not touched on? Cryptids. I. I do that. That was something. Just yeah. That. That coming out there was like oh crap. Yeah. And it's uh, they're everywhere. As I said, you can't. <clears throat> you can't turn and spit in this country without having a cryptid in some state. Yeah. I am sure that at least there's at least three cryptids in every state in the U.S. Well, do you they think won't. it would be easier or harder to get new agents uh, in the Bureau following this kind of thing? Oh, see, you got a lot of factors way out there. You have one, well, usually in a post-apocalyptic, again, I'm editing this, I can cut that out. Less people, because usually in a post-apocalyptic event, people die. Yes, a but, lot of die. Yes, a lot of the whole death thing, yes, there was lots of dying, and then we move on. Um, and a lot of lack of education following it. Yeah, because you one, you don't have the infrastructure, and two, a lot of people are going to fall back on their, well, beliefs. Just And far be it for me to <clears throat> defecate on someone's religious beliefs. If that is what you use to help, great, wonderful. Problem is, in Bureau 13, a lot of times belief helps manifest certain things. So a lot of these people who fall back on their religion, their faith, their beliefs, their their spirituality, if it's a supernatural event that causes the event, a lot of the stuff may manifest due to extra belief in that. That's something else that I see is is the um, that will help perpetuate this this post apocalyptic society. Um, trying to look for another word here, not mindset, but. The fact that, oh, these people have fallen back on their beliefs because that's all they have. And the things that are talked about in their beliefs, like, yeah, all of a sudden we have the boogeyman and he's stalking this enclave. You know, things like that. Just I'm, That was the first example that came to mind. 
Well, they but, are going to see the world through the lens of their beliefs, for sure. Well, yeah, so, and that's what I mean. So and, people from two different, very different cultures, you know, subcultures, whatever you want to call it, are going to interpret the events in a supernatural incident completely differently. Yeah, somebody who is, let's say, Catholic, and then somebody, let's say, you have immigrants from India who follow the Hindu faith. Yeah, you're going to, yeah. And considering the Hindu faith, I believe, has, and I believe the term is 330 million gods. Yeah, that's going to be very vastly different viewpoints on how the supernatural will manifest to them due to their beliefs and uh, belief helps manifest destiny, as it were. Right. Well, yeah. you know, the uh, the Hindu is going to probably see a superna uh, supernatural being and say, that's a, that's an avatar of a god. Yeah. Okay. You know, and, and especially if it looks human. Okay. The Catholic person is probably going to say, demon possession. Yeah. They're going to be, a, one of them is going to be wanting to protect it and honor it and in, engage it and, uh, and possibly support it, and the other one is going to be fleeing <laughs> from it and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. trying to uh, capture it and torture it and, and to you know to 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 expel it, the demonic influence out of the soul of this this person. Yeah, so somebody... you're going to have totally different things going on, possibly as simultaneously, because if, if there's going to be more than one of them, you could have one in each group doing stuff yeah oh no no if you were to sit there and i will just throw out and i'm not trying to belittle the hindu faith at all but i'm just gonna throw this out there there is the the anthropomorphic elephant god ganesh yes humanoid elephant has the hands the the elephant feet and the the ears and the a a devout catholic sees that and i'm going to use the term of my one dear friend chester jacques who I believe last I heard works for McFarland Toys, where he's going to yell, demonology, demonology, and try to just, and of course, Ganesh is a very powerful god. So yeah, this this Catholic with a shotgun is not going to, this, this Ganesh is going to look and go, really? Yeah. Or, yeah. or yeah. mutant, okay, yeah. or offspring of an unholy union involving bestiality. Okay, see, I didn't want to, I that that's that whole Natalie Portman line, dark path, I don't want to go down. Just no. Okay, okay, all right, fine, fine. I'm just saying, Anakin, though, you're going down a dark path, I can't follow. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yeah. oh dear. Uh, okay, of course, you know, the scenario I just threw out at you, to, yeah. if you really want to mess with the players, switch the ones. The, 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 the Hindus who are honoring you, you know, who, who they think is a, an avatar of one of their gods is actually somebody who's who's being demon possessed. While the one that they're torturing, you know, uh, or are trying to do the exorcism on in the Catholic community is actually an avatar. Ah. And see if the players can ever get a handle on that one. <laughs> this action. Because, go ahead. I can say because they're both. Because in both cases, they're true. They've just identified the wrong people. Yeah. They're both right. There actually is a demon possession. There really is an avatar. It's just they picked the wrong, they picked the wrong pe the team <laughs> to be what they think it is. But go ahead, John. I was going to say that uh, two things I, want, I, I was thinking of is uh, the first one that came to mind is this would be a, a, a sort of golden opportunity for a lot of those forgotten gods to start coming back and oh, gaining yeah. followers oh, yeah. again. We had, 
That's on the D100 list of bureau stuff, the forgotten gods, the ones that people don't worship anymore. But all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wait. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot few, there's a lot less disbelievers. We are in, our time has returned. Yeah. Yes, they're much more amenable to seeing the, the world in the right way. Yeah, and of course, yeah. yeah right I, I have a paladin of Themis in my Bureau 13 campaign. Ah, okay. He isn't recruiting, <laughs> but I mean, it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a hard step to go from that to that very easily. Well, I have yeah. found out in in certain instances, if you have gods who have, I mean, even from different pantheons or even different planes of existence, if they have relatively the same portfolio and dormit domains. Domains. Okay. I said what I said. Um, <laughs> or no, what's the thing? Don't confuse me with the facts. No. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, and I've seen this as a trope in the games that I run. It, let's say you go from one plane to another, or one pantheon is replaced in your, by another. You can switch gods if they have relatively the same portfolio and domains. I mean... After all, one god may just be seen as a more um, rigid aspect of another or more orthodox version of another. Yeah, you could have, okay, this god here is gone, but oh no, we are here, but we just believe this little facet here should be a little more strict or a little less strict, or you should do this more, that more. But generally, we're the same as that other god. So there would be a lot of people who would shift to that god and just say, okay, we're not going to deal with that part. Yeah, okay. But yeah, this god is generally close to mine and he gives me my spells yeah i'm good yeah yeah well especially in a world where mass communication has has probably fallen you know doctrine is gonna start to 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 branch out and dogma well, is gonna start the, to, that, that, to vary yeah, depending on of, location that's one of the th oh no 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 religions because oh no you say catholicism and there are probably like 30 or 40 different versions of catholicism just in this country alone when you have a lack of communication where you can't contact the next town again people in adversity fall back on their beliefs that's just how we are and all three of us here have been raised with different versions of our beliefs we may suggest we're all of the same faith but we each have different beliefs just with how we were raised and our experiences you're going to get these towns and and i'm and and with the one of the publications that wizards of the coast put out that in mentally i'm falling back on here and i forget the authors i could look them up d20 apocalypse and if you did d20 modern rules and all that and you did all the various whole oh, past and apocalypse and future and future tech d20 apocalypse is what i'm falling on and one of the things they talk about is that you have enclaves that are overzealous in their particular views in religion. So in other words, you're going to have these enclaves that are run purely with religious values and a particular brand of Christianity or Hindu, excuse me, Hinduism or Judaism or Islam or whatever. And you're going to have it where or fill in the blank of whatever religion or spiritual practice you have. And you're going to see that, okay, they fall back on their beliefs and they get hardcore about it. As the, the street vernacular, they go ham on a particular belief system because that's what's getting them by. And so, yeah, if you're bringing in supernatural, their hardcore belief of this particular facet of this particular religion, spiritual practice, philosophy, what have you, would manifest 
an avatar or a, the god, the, the deity themselves, then you got to deal with, oh, no, there's faith healing in this community. Why? Because their god walks among them because he is surrounded by a couple hundred devout followers of his particular brand of whatever yeah and that so yeah that kind of leads into my my second uh thing i want to question about is in this post-apocalyptic world where all sorts of new things are happening how much of the supernatural does the bureau just let become mainstream and how much do they continue to keep secret Again, why MMB? Your mileage may vary. That depends on what you want for your post-apocalyptic Bureau 13 world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, but the Bureau nine times out of, well, see, that's the thing. The Bureau is going to look and go, okay, damn cats out of the bag. These people know that the supernatural exists. Okay, what do we still want to hide from them, or do we just want to give them, what, the full Monty? Are we just going to give them both barrels, let them drink from the fire hose? to coin the UHF term. Are we just going to tell them everything and just say, yeah, you know, all this stuff exists and always that because again, you deal with women. You knew all this all along and you kept it hidden from us. Yeah. I think the Bureau is still, again, the Bureau, one of the things I see with the Bureau, they're always going to play certain cards close to their chest. They're always going to have, yeah, we're going to let them do this, but not this. There's still certain things that we cannot let humans know. The mundane Joe, the plumber, John and Jane go, uh, was it John and Jane Doe, um, John Q. Public, fill in the blank of, what was it, Bonnie B. the Brain Heenan said, your typical garden variety humanoid. Yeah. Nine to five ham and egg. <laughs> I, I think it's part of it's going to depend on the nature of the apocalypse. So if we're talking alien invasion, well, obviously the, the aliens are out of the bag, but you might want to still keep the demons and, yeah, and the unicorns yes. kind of hidden. Yeah. But yeah. if you're talking about, you know, demon invasion, you reverse that. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. Exactly. Again, your mileage may vary. It depends on what you choose as the event. But like, that also makes me think of like going back to the uh, example of the stand. If it's something that doesn't seem to have any supernatural cause, it's just, you know, society has, has collapsed and the supernatural is using this as an opportunity to resurge. They might oh, the try bureau, and keep it all the down. Yeah, the Bureau is still going to be like, OK, no, we can't let this happen. Yeah, I believe the stand. It was a a virus. That yeah, just, it was just a yeah. Random, so it was virus. it was technological based. Okay. Super flu. Yeah. Yeah. Captain so. Trips. Yeah. 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 I'm thinking Jerry Garcia here. Yeah. Or or no, I'm gonna go deep here. I'm thinking of Mark Meadows from Wild Cards. There you go. Um, but no, if it's it was a totally technological reason for the event. But then the supernatural sees this as, oh, look, we we can come out and play. Oh, no, the Bureau will go ham on that. Be like, again, like Graham Chapman's Bobby. Stop that. Stop that. Yeah, they're going to be like, no, we can't let this out. No, this 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 Pandora's box has to be closed because if they get out with how diminished humanity is and how diminished the Bureau is because of lack of communication or whatever, yeah, they're going to want to put the kibosh on that real quick. Sure, because the Bureau is going to be diminished because the Bureau's not going to have the Internet and newspapers and televisions and YouTube and Twitter all feeding 
all these images and these 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 granted amateur reports of strange incidents that for their supercomputers to crunch and find stuff for the agents to do. They're actually going to have to travel the the planet or at least the United States following up on, you know, things just like they did back in the eight, you know, in, in the black powder uh, times when yeah. they didn't have, you know, a, a, the, those easily collating things. Maybe they're going to have to rely more on precogs. Maybe they're going to have to start investing in, you know, in, in, in witches and warlocks who can do things like uh, augury and other types of things. I mean, yeah. it'd be a different day. Divination. So yeah, divination, yeah. whether reading entrails or they're doing tarot cards or... Yeah. Going uh, back to a higher... Agent, the agent goes in and says, okay, you know, our team's, our, our team's done. We've got patched up. What's our next mission? And, so, and, and this guy or woman either, you know, goes and pulls a goat out, slices his belly open, starts looking through the steaming entrails and says, you're going to... New, uh, uh, New Jersey. <laughs> Jersey? Oh, geez there, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, see the, I see the network of, like, embedded agents being a bigger thing again. Yeah, they're going to try and get at least one contact in every major settlement. Yeah, they're going to sit there and still keep up their network with whatever quantum entanglement they still have. And it's like, okay, yeah, we're going to have to travel through 200 miles of the Badlands, but we know we have a Bureau agent in this enclave over here of, you know, 200 people. And, okay, we'll talk to him and find out what's going on because he's got his ear to the ground there. We just have to get through. And let's say, oh, oh, that'd be a frightening thought. If somehow due to whatever event it is, Bangor, Maine no longer, you can't access it anymore, where you can't just bing, bing, and we're there. No, you got to travel through. The, the, if for some reason the event diminishes bureau 13's capacity again you can't access bureau you can't access banger main or magic is diminished i or... mean it kind of depends on how like gritty you want to make it i i yeah. would i would probably run it where you know maybe banger still exists but yeah you don't have the the teleportation you know capabilities you, you gotta to... go through like hardcore stuff yeah like, okay we need to go to banger main but we got to do this ritual and we got to get a bunch of people together and I don't yeah. know if I'd even do that. I'd I would say you've got you're just gonna have to hike it. <laughs> you're gonna have to travel. Well, if you have to travel four hours to get to Bangor, Maine, that's four hours through the wasteland. Oh, you're talking four hours wasteland travel? Okay, yeah. Yeah. I oh, mean, or no, let okay, so I'm seeing here kinda like, yeah, it's yeah, there are only let's say for whatever reason magic has diminished. So the number of portals to and from Bangor, Maine have diminished. Let's say, and I'm just pulling an arbitrary number out of <clears throat> a thousand portals. They're down to a hundred. And yeah, the Bureau people have a map to those portals, but they are scattered across the country. And there are times if you want to get to a Bangor, Maine portal and you just don't happen to be near one, you got to sit there and go through Badlands, Radiation Wastelands, Cannibals, Bandits, cannibals, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fill in the blank of whatever post-apocalyptic menace you want. Her, herds of mass mine uh, chupacabras. Ooh, that's, uh, that's chupa thingy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. I still have half a bottle of wine here. I might need it after that thought. Thank you, Bruce. <laughs> Anyways, any anything to aid the cause. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. You're you're a real pal. Uh, 
but yeah, let's say you you have your access to Banger Main restricted. That's an adventure. Yeah, we got to get to Banger Main, but once we get to Banger Main, we'll have access to all our stuff. You have to go through 200 miles of radiation and mutants, and the entire team looks at each other and goes, "Crap." Yeah, because yeah, you you're basically what's the term? You're running the gauntlet. Thank you. Yes, you are yeah. definitely running the gauntlet. Oh, and yeah. so yeah, there's an adventure right then and there. Yeah, and and. GMs, this is where, yeah, you want to get back to Bangor, Maine, where you have all these supplies and all this, and you know, the resources of the 13th Bureau of the Justice Department. Oh no, you're going to, if you're a GM, you're going to make them work for it. Yeah, they're going to be getting to that Bangor, Maine portal. They ain't going to have any ammo left. They ain't going to have any med supplies left, because they've used all of them to survive getting through 200 miles of radiation and mutants, or magically warped lands, or you know, fill in the blank. So, yeah, whatever. then you're having to do that risk and uh, risk versus reward assessment again. It's like, all right, do we want to go back and restock, or do we just want to go ahead and hit up our next mission with what we have now? Yeah. And, do we just and, harvest what's available in the community mm, we're by? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You become raiders yourselves. Yeah. Ah, scavengers. Scavengers. But we're doing it for the greater good, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. Again, neutral good. Break a few rules in order to uphold the greater good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that see, oh, yeah, and and here's the thing with post-apocalyptic. There's a different mindset when you're running a post-apocalyptic game, and this is something I've noticed. Superhero, sci-fi, fantasy. There's often a higher ideal. Post-apocalyptic, you're just trying to make it to the next damn day. There's a lot more shades of gray. There's a lot more, I guess, adult content and adult themes that you deal with post-apocalyptic because yeah, society's collapsed. Yeah, grittier, thank you. Yeah, I was trying to find a much more yeah. succinct well, that's, term. that's what Jonathan said, yes. Yeah, so you're having to deal with that, and there are times that if, if society's collapsed, you're going to have to make a lot of hard decisions in your game as a GM. Okay, what do I want to do? What do I not want to do? Places where I just am not going to go there. And also, you players your characters are going to have to make hard decisions. Are we going to sit there and harvest from this community to supply ourselves? Or are we going to go through the 200 miles of radiation and mutants to get the the banger main portal that we know is left and then just resupply and be walking again as gods, gods among men. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, these are the hard decisions that you have to make when you run any post-apocalyptic game. And yeah, that's the one thing I've noticed that, Post-apocalyptic is the one genre where 99% of your choices are not easier. As Peter Capaldi said, as the 12th Doctor, sometimes the only choices you can make are bad ones. And that is the main thing of a post-apocalyptic game. That is what you're going to have to do when you make these scenarios and you're running, okay, we're doing B-13 after the event. You're going to have to sit there and plot this out as a game master and you know discuss it with your players. How far are you willing to go? And that's in a lot of things. Supply, helping out humanity. How far are you willing to go to get things uh, back on track or at least as much to a semblance of normal pre-event life as possible? Yeah, There's how much a lot is, of heart. How, yeah, how, 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 how much for the greater good? How much pain are you willing to cause for the greater good? Yeah, as I said, it's not... Running post-apocalyptic in many ways is not easy just because... If you're dealing with the collapse of society and government and infrastructure and what what's the one meme I saw? 
yeah, I don't know how how I'm going to survive after society collapses. I mean, how do you hunt for tacos? You know, just yeah. And and oh, do you have a skill set for the apocalypse after after society collapses? Me, I know personally, I'd be screwed. That's just me. That you know, just yeah. Um, yeah. Well, how do you, how do you survive when your coffee is gone? Uh, if you're a smoker, when tobacco oh, is no, gone, no, 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 people, there, there would be a lot of people would be gone. Me without coffee? No. What, what's that phrase? I don't have a coffee. I blah, blah. again, more editing. I don't have a problem with caffeine. I have a problem without caffeine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. Any of the but creature no. comforts that, that yeah. modern societies come to understand. Yeah. Well, that that was a problem I had with Waterworld. Where the hell did they get all those cigarettes from? <laughs> Think well, about it. You had Dennis Hopper there smoking away. Where'd they get all these damn cigarettes from? Wait a yeah. minute. Hold it. Yeah. Well, if you can imagine, you know, how, you know, some things would become extremely valuable. You know, uh, a tin of coffee might be might be all you need to, to raise up a, a small army of, uh, of mooks that you need in order to do your next piece of the mission. Oh, yeah. No. There And, and again, D20 Apocalypse, everything had, there, there was no currency. They did everything via trade units. And it's like, you could see if you look in that, which I'm sure you can go to um, like noblenight.com and get this book and look it up. Um, trade units or TUs and like medicines, weaponry, um, they would all have relatively high TU values because these are things you need to survive. Things like, oh, a candy bar. That's like maybe one TU, but ammo, tools, medicines much higher TU quantities. And also you had just mechanical and electronic parts to like, oh, we need to fix this generator in order to have power here. Okay, well, this particular thing, you've salvaged this device and it has 100 100 mechanical and electronic parts. You can now use this to rig up some type of generator, you know, to, or a water distillation plant or whatever. So yeah, it and and of course, Again, it's the phrase that my former stepfather-in-law would say, something is only as worth as much as whatever idiot's willing to pay for it. Context is everything. There may be something where they've got hundreds of them, which they're not going to, you know, have much use for. But you bring in something that this community don't have anything. Oh, no, they will. You, you, you have a meal ticket. You can name your price. If you have medicine and these people are dying, they'll give you anything for it. But if they have like, oh, yeah, we've got fruit. Yeah, we have a whole orchard back here. You're trying to give us fruit? Really? That's like the people of ancient Timbuktu with gold. They line their buildings. They line their streets. To them, it was nothing. When the Europeans came through the Sahara and got to Timbuktu and they saw all the gold everywhere and, you know, Europeans had value for gold. The people in Timbuktu, eh, we use it, you know, yeah. Literally, the streets were lined with gold. Their buildings, all their trim was pure gold. It was like, eh, it's decorative. So, yeah, whatever you have in a post-apocalypse society, it depends on supply and demand. Basic economics, like Econ 101. So, yeah, it's just whatever you have and you're whatever you're willing to give and whatever you're willing to scrounge for. Yeah. And again, D20 Apocalypse had wonderful rules for scrounging and trade and repair and all that. And I use that to this day for any, well, because technically Maze World is a post-apocalyptic uh, environment. So I often consult that book for when Perky Goth and I are running something in that setting we made. So, all right. 
have we dug deep below the surface here or is there anything else that we can come up with for post-apocalyptic bureau 13 or stalking the night fantastic after the event as it were i can't think of anything else off the top of my head that would be unique to bureau 13 i've got some you know other i'd, I'd like I've, I, I would like to discuss post-apocalyptic in general more but i think as far as specific to bureau 13 universe yeah. i can't think of anything well, the only thing that I'd want to mention is that, you know, yes, Bureau sir. 13 has this this cascading list of ethics, the top of which is maintaining the uh, uh, existence of the United States. Uh, it could happen that uh, another group basically starts putting the United States together again, but they don't call themselves the United States, and they use their own constitution and yeah. other things like that. And you're as a you know as the bureau, you're going to have to decide whether or not you're willing to throw your hand behind this organization exactly okay, and yes. support them Ooh. and maybe try to move them in the direction of the old United States, where or, you know eventually you'll just be filing off the serial numbers because oh no, after I, all, yeah. Yeah, uh, the you know the United States Constitution uh, was based upon you know uh, uh, English you know the yes. Magna Carta and other things like that. So therefore, you know, even though it may not call itself the United States, it may call itself Americana or you know even you know uh, Algonquin. Yeah, <laughs> that was a that they were Indians. It was also an area, Michigan, and if that's all that's left, like you know in uh, pretty Plus much. It, in cloisters, yeah. you know, they may call themselves that, and but you know, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, you know, it's, if it's enough like a duck, would the would your bureau throw themselves behind that group? So you know, I I, I that's a question I think for the GM to answer because yeah. you know that because that there would be directives coming and there would be missions that would be created by that that GM in that campaign to try to move you know you know there'd be the overarching you know monster of the week but then there would also be the overarching let's try to in some way reestablish the united states which is our mandate well you know our our most sacred mandate yes so that's the only thing i would want to really you know bring out was was that one thing yeah but i know like, we're out of time every town you go through and solve a problem you're also kind of leading the the foundation for the new usa or yeah, and again, that that's that's a that's a kind of a slippery slope. There, it's like, yeah, the bureau has their own view. Okay, based on the rules that we were raised on and we were trained in. Okay, do we want to impart some of these on this here? Do we see that they're lacking in A, B, or C? Yeah. Does or, every town you go to, do you as you leave town, do you just stand, uh, you know, on, on the on the church door, like you know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, like Martin Luther, do you, you know, tack up, you know, the the uh, the Bill of Rights? And yeah. Just turn around and leave. Yeah. And just leave that for you know the the town to you know you know look and and think about or tear down and destroy because we can't yeah. have that that kind of rabble rousing rhetoric in our. You're taught. You no, know, no, no. It's like Stimpy. You see the Bill of Rights. You're talking crazy talk here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. Yes. Freedom for all.
Yeah, come on. What what kind and, of silly idea is that? And not yeah. just rich landowners, which is the most likely group that's going to arise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to yeah. go and probably, if nothing else, back to at least feudal for a, little, a few places. Oh, yeah, Better yeah. That... believe it. They oh, won't yeah. call themselves feudalism, of course. It'll be like the Grange, <laughs> you know? Bunch of farmers who all get together and work together to make sure that they have good harvests. And if it means that... Uh, indigent groups of people who don't own land uh, don't get the uh, same rights and treatment as <coughs> their favored groups well that's just that's just part of surviving and and making a better world yeah that's, that's two things that that's two things that I see there is one yeah whatever the prevailing culture is because you know everybody's cut off from everybody else whatever the prevailing culture is is going to win out a group of people. And you either conform or you're asked to leave or they will get rid of you. And two, or they'll right enslave now, you. Well, yeah. Or And the other thing, when you said the Grange, I'm hearing Billy Gibbons singing from ZZ Top. Anyways. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, ha, 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 ha. Okay. Um, rem remember, uh, uh, freedom is a right to anybody who hasn't had it removed by court of law. You know, and that includes, you know, and and, uh, and, and the the, the especially the right you know getting rid of slavery did not it did not apply to convicted criminals prisoners oh yeah oh yeah yeah it, it, you yeah. can force those people to labor oh, even yeah. today you can still yeah. do yeah. that yeah. it's legal <laughs> so oh no no if you're an ex-con yeah you have a lot of rights taken away you can't well i'm not talking about i'm not talking about if you get out of prison i mean while you're in prison you can't say well you've taken away my freedom that's all you can do to me no they can make you do stuff oh no no it's the whole breaking rocks and <laughs> license plates and yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 they can force you to work and yeah. that is slavery yeah and they so, yeah, say, that, well, that, we'll, that, give you, that, we'll give you a dollar an hour so it's not slavery. Well, if yeah, I don't, uh, if I can't choose not to do it, you know, then anyways, this, I'm just saying is. Again, that we're not, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a different topic. We don't want to go down here. Yeah. But I'm um, saying is, is that, you know, yeah. it's really easy in these, po these post-apocalyptic type scenarios to take a really good idea and throw in a couple of exceptions that could really make a big difference. Yeah. Well, it's the goal. Well, it's the. <clears throat> golden rule and gold I'm using as an abstract term. He who has the gold makes the rules. rules. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we've, we've touched on everything here. We can put a bow on this. Sure. All right. Yeah. I'm Running. sure there's lots more we can talk about. Oh, but, I'm but, sure. But, we, but, but that's for another time. Yes. And I'm sure we could come up with, if we really pressed, we could come up with a sequel to this episode. Okay. Running Bureau 13, Stalking the Night Fantastic, in a post-apocalyptic setting, has precedent with Rogue 417 and Invasion US, and has incredible, incredible potential for campaigns exploring a world where Stalking the Night Fantastic doesn't have a society at large to do so in. You can explore many topics with dealing with being a agent of the 13th Bureau of the United States government when there's no longer a United States government to work for. You often are going to probably deal with this of doing it of your own free will with whatever resources you have access to from the Bureau. You will, in a as in nature in a post-apocalyptic settings, you're going to be dealing with a lot of hard issues as a GM and as players 
and as characters. Post-apocalyptic settings often don't have easy choices to make because in such settings, your main objective is survival. Anything else is considered, as they said, sauce for the goose. If you have further insight on this, something that the three of us may have missed, of course, you can contact contact us at tritechsystems.podbean.com. Fans of the Gaming in the front, on the Frontier podcast, Bureau 13, Agents Everywhere on Facebook. The previous group I mentioned is also on Facebook. Also on Facebook because Rogue 417 Invasion US are fringeworthy modules, therefore fringeworthy RPG fans everywhere on Facebook. iTunes, you can give us input there. And of course, if you know us on social media, you can contact us that way. We are more than happy to interact with you in that regard. As I said, feedback, feedback, feedback. We want to hear if you guys and gals and folks take these ideas and run with them as thought experiments. By all means, we want to hear about them because, you know, that 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 shows that we're still being listened to after over a decade. So, of course, we will have more for you all next week. But until then, this is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.